Welcome back to another episode of the Twin County Spotlight. My name is Benton Moss, and I'm joined here by special guest today, Denise Watkins, the chief fun officer and owner of Skyview Skateland. Ooh, that was a mouthful. Thanks, Benton. It's a pleasure to be here with you today. Thank you for the opportunity for us to have a conversation and maybe introduce others to the fun world of roller skating. Absolutely. Well, I grew up going to uh i'm always always getting mixed sports up. sports world, world. Yes. yes i have been to to skyview this was i mean this was i'm dating myself but like 20 years ago so <laughs> I, i've been over there i need to get back over there maybe with my three-year-old about that's that. right um but yeah i grew up uh skating like every wednesday with miss a's and i was telling you before the podcast um loved the days where all the schools would be there and you get to you know they, young boys get to see all the cute young girls and flirt and skate around. That's what we're known for. That's right, yeah. So before we get into your business, uh, Skyview, I want to hear about just your personal background, you know, what brought you to Twin Counties, where you raised here, where you're from. Tell us about who Denise is. All right. I was born here in Rocky Mount, and uh, I grew up in Edgecombe County, as a matter of fact, just across the road from the skating rink. And... Uh, It was a great life, you know. My parents first had a drive-in theater, and they opened that in 47 and then built the the skating rink in 58. So at an early age, I learned the value of work, and uh, I think I have a great work ethic because of it. Grew up in both businesses, and, um, you know, having the opportunity to work and solve problems for others truly builds self-confidence for you. So I did get a lot of self-confidence at an early age. I guess I didn't realize it at the time, but reflecting back, I know that opportunity is what creates that feeling for you. And I like to hire young 16-year-olds and give them the opportunity. You know, at the skating rink, it's no rocket science work, but it's a great opportunity to get into the workforce and build a little bit of self-confidence because as young people become capable of doing things, that's what builds the self-confidence and that's what opens the door of, I can, I can do that. Yeah, I'll tackle that. Well, there's something about interacting with the public, I think that helps you build confidence, right? Um, And it takes a while when you get into any job, when someone asks you a question and you don't know where the stapler is or you know, where to go get the snacks or, you know, how much do I charge them? You know, what about if there's a group of eight type of thing? So it kind of builds, you know, it builds self-confidence at a young age. Um, It truly does. It's those small opportunities stacked together that helps them to build that confidence to know that, yeah, I can solve that. Yeah. I guess they begin to realize too, failure is not such a bad thing. I think in today's culture, Everyone is afraid of failure. And the standard is perfection. There is no perfection. You know, it is a learning curve. Everything's a learning curve. And you just have to take it a step at the time. And the more steps you take, the more confidence you're, you're going to gain. I can already tell you're, you're a person full of wisdom. So I'm sure <laughs> we're going to get into a lot of different... Uh... I don't know if that's wisdom. Uh, there's a great saying I love to use. Um Good judgment comes from experience, and experience comes from bad judgment. (laughs) So when you're young and immature and first getting started, all you know is bad judgment. But 
the experience of failure and success leads you to the good judgment. And that's that's what's so great. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so there's a gap between, you know, growing up in the drive-in theater and the skate rink until now. So yes. what have you been doing? So all these I years? went off I went off to Piedmont Bible College in Winston Salem. I felt God's call into youth ministry. Didn't know God was going to bring me back to my roots. So upon graduation, I taught health and PE, and I coached girls sports. And I loved it. It was a lot of fun. But then as I began to see, my parents were aging, and I knew they probably were ready to get out of more of the day-to-day operations. So my brother was here. Uh, He's always been there, David. He has been there from the beginning, and that's all he's done, you know. So I felt it was probably time to come back, and my husband and I did in 83. So last month in July, that was my 40th work anniversary. Oh, congratulations. That's Thank awesome. Thank you. I had returned, and like I said, I had no plans to come back, but I have no doubt that was God's plan from the beginning because, and I'm, I feel very true to this statement. I think today's generation needs what I call my little skating rink more than any generation before them. Today, they've been shortchanged in a lot of experiences, and um, they, they can get a lot of those experiences at my place. And I just think probably I'm a very unique place. I truly am a step back in time when you come because I have a lot of wonderful families that support me. And those families come to my place because they know our history and they're comfortable and confident in how we run our business. So, you know, I have the opportunity to invest in those children share with them a childhood that is much like what I had. Yeah, you're going to fall down, you're going to make mistakes, but you get up and try again. But yet there are loving boundaries of security and expectations of how you need to behave. And unfortunately, some children don't get much at home today. Parents are busy, they're overworked, they have a lot on their plate. And some just come from homes that don't get much investment. And they're just absent. They yeah. are absent. Right. Yeah. But um, it's a great opportunity <clears throat> to pour into them and uh, open new doors for them, show them different ideas, and give them exposure to some things that maybe they've never thought of. That That is, um, I'd say, probably one of the shorter journeys back to the twin counties but in such a it's a beautiful thing yeah I don't, I don't talk about it too much but i remember when my wife and i were considering coming back as well and i, I think if you would have asked us maybe 10 years ago if we would have come back to rocky mount we would have you know we wouldn't have considered it um family kids priorities in life things change and then you start thinking about you know where your roots are and what really matters to you if you're you know in the quiet of your in the depths of your soul, you know, and you really get that feeling, you know, of what really matters to you. And to me, you know, Rocky Mount and the Twin Counties were very a very special place to both of us. Um, we love the Triangle. Chapel Hill kind of holds similar because we spent so much time there, right. um, you know, at, at school. But the Twin Counties are they're just special um, in a way that no other place really can be for us. So I love the the idea that you know you felt that 
call back back here, but also you married that that call to, to ministry with your business. That's, that's pretty cool. And, you know, I have to say, when I first came back, um, because I was in education, um, coming back, I really saw, okay, so I left at the age of 18. When I returned, I was 28. So, you know, I've matured. I've begun to see things through different lenses. And I really saw the difference. And I would always say, once you pass Raleigh and travel east, you've entered a different time zone. And when I looked, especially at the educational opportunities, we in the eastern part of the state were very struggling compared to what I had encountered and been a part of sure. in the Piedmont area. Sure. So that was a real eye-opener, and um, especially having students, children, to fill out some data papers for me. You know, we do like a birthday pass. Give me your name, address, phone number, and I'll put you in my database and send you a birthday uh, free skating pass. And it was interesting watching them fill that type thing out and um, seeing there is definitely a divide there. Talk to me about, um, someone mentioned to me that you guys really take a heavy or, or make an em- emphasis on um, education at Skyview. Um, I didn't, the education that I got out of, you know, when I was growing up was education on how to skate. But you guys do things a little bit differently. So talk about that. Well, I do teach people how to skate. It's uh, a lot of fun. And for some, it's a new opportunity. Um, Maybe some have never been uh, exposed to skating before. But our, we are members of the Roller Skating Association. And probably, I'd say eight or 10 years ago, they developed a STEM curriculum. STEM stands, is the acronym for Science, Technology, Engineering, and Math. Wow, I like, so that came from the association. Our curriculum did, yes. So uh, they saw that roller skating, engaging with that educational platform was a great opportunity. When you go into a skating rink, you have lighting, you have sound, you have skating, which is friction, motion. And it was just a great opportunity to help students enter a world where they've never thought about STEM being all around them. Right. So you introduce them to the principles of STEM and help them grasp what you're really trying to teach. Mm-hmm. But then we have a component, they enter into hands-on activities, kind of like experiments we used to do back in the day. Teachers, they just don't have the time in the classroom for those hands-on activities that help students connect the book and the learning part to the actual physical. So yesterday I had a group actually from Elizabeth City. It was a boys and girls club. And we did several uh, different, we did actually three different rotations through their time. And the lesson is about an hour. And they get to um, understand these principles and engage. We do one lesson called Arcade STEM. 
So you go into a local arcade to play video games. You have lights, you have sounds, you have buzzers. So what causes that? Well, it's circuitry. So I got to teach. Uh, I have a little box that has a battery and a buzzer. It has the alligator clip. So you create that circuit to make that sound. Oh, my buzzer's not sounding. You don't have the polarity correct. So they get to manipulate and play. And um, then we finished by, I have a little box, and it has a wire on it. So they engage that wire and their alligator clip with another little piece of metal, kind of like operation. And I was shocked. These kids yesterday knew the game of operation. I said, all right, we're going to play that game of operation. So connect your metal piece to your alligator clip. Put it on that metal wire and see if you can move or manipulate that wire without touching it. And, of course, if they touch it, the buzzer's going to sound. So I got tickled because one of my guys, it was time to rotate. He said, I don't want to go. He wanted to stay right there and play with that. Yeah, that's really cool. And then after we have our lesson, we introduce them to roller skating. So I typically have my skate zone at that point, and uh, I just give a very basic skating lesson. If they can understand where their balance is, how to move their feet, and then how to get up from a fall, they're going to be skating in pretty short order particularly if they pay attention and really grasp what I said. We have lots of the skate trainers. They look like skate walkers. So a lot of them will hold those to kind of build a little self-confidence. And before long, they're pushed aside and they're ready to roll. Do uh, So it sounds like on the education side, that's K through... Actually, we did do a few middle schools this past year. Okay. But nice. most of the time, it's going to range from about first to fifth grade or gotcha. the bulk of our yeah. uh, STEM field trips. And I would imagine learning to skate is probably... It's a similar age where they're learning to skate as well. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. And then uh, we have a curriculum of about 11, I believe it's 11 different lesson plans. So when a, a teacher reaches out in a particular grade level, we know and have identified what the state standards are for SATs, for science and mathematics. So we can uh, direct them to which of those lesson plans would closely match the standards that they need to teach in their classrooms. Gotcha. So talk to me about um, more like the private event side. You guys do birthday parties, events, that type of deal as well? We do. You know, uh, there's nothing greater than birthday parties. Yes. We moved probably about two years ago. All our birthday parties now are private rentals. Our space is small. It's just difficult to blend uh, open skating times with birthday private, parties. Right. It's It gets tight. So yeah. all of our birthday parties are private rentals, and um, usually a lot of great memories are made. Oh, yeah. It's nothing for me to hear when a parent comes in and they'll say, oh, I remember having my eighth birthday party here. So a lot of times that occurs, and I may have a child that repeatedly has their party here, and I take that a real honor because – they can go to any numerous of places to have birthday parties, right. but they choose to keep coming to me. 
But well, it is really a party celebration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and I didn't, I did not, I don't remember if we said this or not, but tell everybody where you're located. We're located in Edgecombe County on the old 64, which is now called Alternate. If you remember the former Rocky Mount Fairgrounds, we're about a quarter of a mile past. We're easy to reach. We're one mile off the 64 bypass. And, um, we're still right there, same place. Is that is that also considered 97? No, 97 parallels 64 um, across the river. Got it. Okay. We have the Tar River running between. between the Got two. It. Okay, That's I correct. Get 97, because I live on 97, but on the Nash side, in between Rocky Mount and Wilson, yes. you can take that sort of all the way through Rocky Mount, all yes. the way to 64, where the new checkers is going to be. Yes. Um Okay, so do you, how far out do you guys draw folks from? Certainly not just Edgecombe County, but talk they, about talk yeah. about where where all you draw kids from and skaters and, uh, and they come from all, all over. over. You know, unfortunately, skating rinks are dying rather than growing. We have a few new ones that come along, but that's typically going to be in your larger population areas yes I mean I hate to say it even Raleigh you know Raleigh lost two of their three skating rinks they only have one now and that you know we really say wow but there's a lot of factors the the cost of land your expenses it's just you know the uh, return on investments are not as good and other people say I'm going to do something I can make more money right yeah yeah (laughs) well but I think your model is I think is particularly, and you'll probably say it much more eloquently than I can, but the way I see it is, is that you, um, your mission field is, is children, is kids, you know, and the parents and the, the groups of folks that are educating them and you're educating them as well. Um, those make for longer term customers, but also, uh, there's lots of schools around here and they need those kids to get some energy out Yes, and a good place to and- feel safe and secure and learn and, um, build confidence like we talked about. So. Absolutely. No, we're very heavy in third generation families and beginning nice. to get into fours pretty wow. well. As a wow. matter of fact, um, back in July, we had a birthday party for uh, a grandmother and they are a four generation family and wow. it was just their family. They didn't invite any, any friends, friends. Just family. but it was so much fun oh because um, How many people did they have there? They probably had about 20, That's 25. You know, right? it was very small and yeah. intimate. And we just laughed over some of the, because um, she grew up skating with me. Yeah. And then her children have skated with me. And it's just, we laughed about different things that occurred with each one of them. Sure. And, you know, it just builds a relationship there. But... Um, we have the support of a lot of great families in the community, and I have a lot of people that just come everywhere. Uh, Thursday evening's our last adult night, and that's been a lot of fun for the summer. I've had skaters from Roanoke Rapids. Okay. Their rink closed in probably the late 90s. I had folks come from Wilson. Their rink closed uh, probably early 2000. Had some from Raleigh. Again, their rinks closed over the last five years. And then I had some come from rinks in Goldsboro and Chocowinity. So um, 
some adults, there is a culture of roller skating yeah, there. Yeah, they yeah. love it. It's great exercise. It's a fun way to spend the evening, and um, they love to skate. Well, it's you know, it's it is impressive that it you know, self admittedly, the the industry is not a growth industry by by any means. But you have just, I mean, you guys have been there for sixty five years, I think. And we'll get That's to correct. That in a minute. Yep. Um, continue to be successful. What do you think it is about Skyview that that allows you guys to to stay successful? I think it's probably, of course. (laughs) Well, thank you for that. I think it's the fact that a lot of people know us because they've been through our doors as well. Even sometimes when new people come in, are you Miss Denise? Yes. Well, my friend told me I need to come and skate here that I would like being here. Yeah. But I think a lot of it is because it truly is a step back in time, and you don't come into places like that. A child can lose a cell phone. Someone will usually find it and bring it and say, Miss Denise, somebody left their cell phone over there. I mean, since the creation of cell phones, we've only lost two. Wow. Uh, They get turned in, and, and I think it comes from our kids they know they don't want to lose their cell phone or earbuds. You know, they lose earbuds. Right. And, I mean, even money. They'll they'll bring me money and say, Miss Denise, I found this. And, wow. Uh, especially if somebody says I've lost a $5 bill, I'll announce it. Yeah. And a lot of times that kid will bring it and turn it in because they know they only come with a little bit of spending money and they don't want to lose their spending right. money. Right, right. Yeah. But um, $5 for, for those who haven't been to a skating rink in a long time, $5 will get you a ways. Oh, it <laughs> in will. Quarters, in it, quarters. It will. You know, it'll get you some games and yeah. some novelty items, some food. And, um, but I think, you know, overall, and I, I try to create that culture in my skaters of looking out for the other, other kid because they soon forget they were a beginner one time they can now zoom and do whatever but I have to make them mindful now we have beginners on the floor we got to watch out and it's nothing to see sometimes them to go over to a beginner that may have fallen they don't know them but they'll help them up so I think that really does create a culture of um, friendship and Mm -hmm. being able to get along and you know that's not common today where we all live it's everybody's out for themselves and what's in it for me right uh, but I I try to help these kids look beyond themselves well I will I will say this too um, one element that I think you're being too humble on my wife you know runs a social media for TC media and she always tells me you just need to look at what Denise does because she crushes it on social media <laughs> so i think there's an element of of really savvy marketing too um certainly if you can market your product but if you don't have the, the stuff to back it up it, what good is the marketing and i think to your point you've created a great culture um just when people step in the door you know they're there to right. have fun and, and do it safely and make uh, friends and you know support each other so uh that's that's really cool to see where do you think uh where do you think skyview is going do you have 
plans in any certain directions? Are you looking to do anything in particular in the next few years? Are you kind of in a stable position now? What are your thoughts? I think we're pretty stable. Um, You know, I'm definitely wanting to expand our STEM more. Sure. I would love to get into more corporate and church events. That was something I did want to ask about when you mentioned adults is, you know, what kind of a... How, how how big are you into those types of events or corporate events, you know, that type of deal? Not as much as I would like to be. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think um, if they are not in the roller skating community, it's out of mind. So right. we have to bring awareness and help them to understand, bring your company skating. You yeah. know, that would include their families. They would have a great time. Sure. They just don't think of it. Back in the 60s, when I was growing up at the rink, um, and his expenses were rising, my dad would try to figure out how can he get more people in the door. And we used to do a lot of skate nights for churches. Now, you have to realize at that time, the church truly was the social gathering for a lot of families and communities. Mm -hmm. So... Typically, a church would book for their church to come skating. You might come the first Monday night of the month, and my church might come the third Thursday night of the month. And at that time, we had churches that would come from Roanoke Rapids, Ahosky, Wilson, Greenville, Spring Hope. You know, the choices were not there. The opportunities were not there. But he really did capitalize on that. And um, Quonky Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids was the last church. Um, and I think what occurred, sports were becoming important. Mothers started working outside of the homes. Families were busier with activities. And unfortunately, the the social environment of the churches changed. The family wasn't revolved around their church for social. It was a lot of other opportunities. But I would love to get back into that because I think churches probably need some of that that type of element. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. You know, a lot of churches have embraced kind of the, I don't want to, I don't know if subsidiary is the right term, but, you know, you meet on Sundays, but then you have some sort of group gathering on a weekly or biweekly basis to keep you sort of tied to community in a sense. But you make a good point. Um, Church used to be kind of the nexus of community maybe 40, 50 years ago. And I think over the last, this generation, the last couple of generations, it's shifted to other, you know, many other points of community or I don't know. Do you, do you feel that as well? Oh, definitely. And what, where where has it gone, so, I guess, is maybe a good question. I've noticed I'll, that. But I don't I'll lead know. into yeah, this. Okay. I'm getting ready to enter my 26th year in ministry in our Awana program at Inglewood Baptist Church. So that allows me to use my educational background from Piedmont Bible College to lead and administer this children's ministry program. We meet on Wednesday evening. And uh, it's basically Bible memorization. It's a great program to plug children in for basically uh, discipleship, learning the Bible, uh, learning, you know, to be a Christian and have that walk with Jesus. It's it's a great program. Um, 
I think the family is so divided in time now. Everybody has to be in sports or some type of after-school activity like dance, karate, horseback riding. So their time is so divided. Mm. You know, I wonder how many families still sit at a table and eat a meal together. I think that's probably very minimal. Yeah. Um, my children are now 33 and 37. And we joke sometimes because they grew up sitting at the table and eating. You know, I always prepared. We ate as a family. Yeah, we went through drive through a little bit, but not much. And children miss that today. They don't have that time with family of, well, what did you do at school today? How did things happen? And that's a long gone in the past. Yeah, I think that's a good point where people aren't as, people don't have as much margin in their in their life. Yeah. Bingo. I use that illustration all the time. If we took a book and it didn't have margins on the pages and the line of type went from the left edge to the right edge, you would never read that book. Mm, that's, a good, that's a good point. But those margins help us to stay focused and keep on the path to read the content of that book. And I think families have lost that margin today. They try to put so much in their lives mm. that they're just, they're like on a hamster wheel, unfortunately. I'm hoping my wife doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm speaking the real truth now, this am I? This is the I? truth, yeah. This is the and truth. I think, you you know, you have to step back. At the time my children were growing up, my husband worked with the post office. He was working second shift. So I was the taxi, and um, I told them, I, and I had two, so I said, you can um, be involved in one activity, a sport or whatever. You choose one, and I will you know, make sure you, that you participate in that. Once we start something, we complete it. We don't give it up because we don't like it anymore. But, um, you know, they soon learn that, yeah, it was okay, but I, I don't have to have it. Yeah. You know, we grew up a little, or we were located a little bit past the rink out in the county more. So we had land and, you know, they got to really play outdoors and, um, it was just a different life growing up than what today is. No, I agree. I, I participated in a lot of sports growing up, uh, mostly baseball, but I also got, I grew up on a farm on Halifax. I think that gave me some space. Yes, it um, did. At least required that I made a 25 minute drive to school every day. So there was that bit of margin where we got to sit and talk and cause you couldn't, I mean, you know, even with cell phones, like, you know, there was no we were, we would talk, you know, we would talk all the way home and talk all the way to school and talk in the car. And so, um, and unfortunately I think talk today is through a device, yeah. like a cell phone, Agreed. texting. Agreed. Um, it's sad. The, the, the deeper I've gotten into business, the more I hate screen technology. Time. It, it just like it, it, you know, because it's so easy to use, it can kind of just suck your time dry. And uh, I've, I've tried to, this is getting off topic, but I've tried to kind of chunk things together, you know, like, all right, you get two hours a day for this, for the email yes. thing, right? And after that, you got to go move on to something else so you can be productive. Because otherwise you could get tied up in texts or 
FaceTimes or Zoom calls or emails, and then you get to the end of the day, it's like, well, I responded to everything, but what did I actually do? So what you're talking about is being intentional, and I don't think we have much intentional things today. I think we are reactionary. We react to what's occurring, Um, and if you want to reach a goal, you have to have a path and a a map to get Mm -hmm. there, and it has to be intentional. So... You know, you got to think ahead. Where do I want to go and how am I going to get there? And like you said, I'm going to devote two hours here. And once that done, that's done. I'm not going to do any more till the next day. And um, In the spirit of being intentional, I think a good place to maybe summarize our conversation. How would you sum up your goal or your mission for Skyview? What are you trying to be intentional about there? Intentional about? seems like it's got to revolve around the younger generation somehow. It, it is. I mean, opportunity. you know, I I want children to be children. I want them to have the opportunity to be a kid. They are so caught up in our culture today of they've got to look like somebody, be like somebody. Uh, they've, they've lost a lot of self-identity. They don't realize they can be what they want to be. Um. And they just need somebody that kind of helps them introduce that to them. You know, they don't know what lies ahead, what the opportunity is that that they can do. And a lot of times I will probe. They probably think I'm nosy. But, you know, I might say, so what's your interest? What do you want to do? And uh, So, you know, if if they're a ninth grader, well, what are you thinking about after high school? You know, you got to start now because... One, you want those uh, classes in order for a good graduation, and then what's going to propel you into the community college or college, depending on which one they choose. And again, I think parents are so busy with life that they don't stop and think, I need to provide that guidance now, help them move and get where they're going. I think the... The skate rink is probably a, it's just a perfect model for getting those kids in the door, getting them to interact. You can't really skate with, I'm sure there's a rule skating with, with cell phones. I'm sure no, we don't, we don't allow them. I mean, I realize they'll well, take it out yeah, to yeah. capture an image, a yeah. picture maybe, but no, there's no texting, talking, you know, it needs to stay in your pocket. And that's my point though. When it helps you with creating yes. that sense of, of culture and community and face-to-face interaction instead of, you know, through a device, you know. And, you know, we play a lot of games and activities on skates, and uh, I guess that's another thing. They really know nothing about old-fashioned play, and, you know, I grew up on it, so I'm very good at teaching them that. And I remember hearing a parent one time say, if your child plays all the games Miss Denise plays, they'll be skating in no time. And it is, you know, to me, it's boring just to go round and round for two hours. You got to engage and interact and play games. And yesterday, my field trip, I had my skates on getting ready to teach the kids. And, you know, their eyes get real big because they think I'm an old lady. And I tell them, I'm a cool old lady. Uh The first thing they said to me was, can you do the moonwalk on skates? So, of course, I had to show them. There you go. You know, they were so impressed. They just clapped. They were so excited. So, if I had to guess, you are probably 
four wheels, not in line. I am. Okay. I'm, I'm on your traditional quads. Gotcha. And I tease them. I tell them, well, if I put my inlines on, I have to think a little bit. You know, those quads are just like tennis shoes to yeah. me. I can lace them and go. Yeah. So when I do private birthday parties, if I'm in my skates when we're serving food, I like to tell them I'm training for um, Sonic if I need go. to pick up a second job. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I was more of a uh, of an inline. I like the the speed. You know, we always yes. raced and whatnot. So, but uh, but yeah. and probably inlines are a little easier to skate on initially. Yeah. Because it doesn't require precision balance like quads do. Yes. But so, you do a whole lot more cooler things in the quads. Yes. No question. You know, you I can't moonwalk in the inlines. Nope. <laughs> it's much harder. But when I teach skating lessons, I try to get them to start on quads. And I tell them, if you learn balance on quads, you're going to be a better skater because it it does have to be tweaked. And then you can transition to inlines with no trouble. Skaters who start with inlines have a little bit of a learning curve moving to quads. But it can be done. Sure, sure. And they do. Sure. Anything else you want to hit on before we wrap up? Well, let me put a plug in. We will have our 65th anniversary. Congratulations. Uh, Thank you. That's September the 17th. It's a Sunday afternoon, 2 to 5. For those of you that might not know, we did have a major floor repair last year in our community. We did a um, crowdfunding campaign to raise funds, and our community gave us a little over $20,000 to help us. I tell you, you don't... That really helps you feel the love. And, uh, I mean, people from all over contributed and helped us meet that goal. And we were able to get back and open again. And and they still come in today and say, I'm so glad you were able. So, really, this celebration is about them because without them, we would not be having it. That's awesome. But one of our – a few of the things we love to do, we love to recognize uh, all of our former skaters. So we'll do what we call a roll call. If you're here skating with us in the 50s, they'll probably walk out there. Or if you skated with us in the 60s, the 70s, the 80s. So we go through all the decades and, you know, we try to get those to come on the floor to let us know when they skated. Oh, you meant decades, not not ages. Was, no. Yeah, if, they, if they were it, skating with you in the 50s, they don't need to be skating. <laughs> no, they're probably going to be walking. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we like to recognize our rink sweethearts. Okay. Uh, we do have couples that meet at oh, the rink cool. and they marry. That's awesome. And uh, we love to recognize our generational families. You know, there may be families there that have three generations. Wow. So we have a few festivities that will occur. And we have commemorative T-shirts already printed, ready for sale. Very and cool. um, it's just a great time where you can reminisce and think about all those fun times you had send that to me in an email I'll i will put it on the community calendar so that would be so great folks know yeah absolutely so 65th anniversary september 17th that's correct it's a sunday it's a sunday afternoon two to five two to five we'll put it on the calendar well denise this has been fantastic uh congratulations on all your success and just thank all you the, not just business-wise but the impact that you've had, you know, we've, um, I talked to, to Brenda Brown, who's the mayor of Nashville and she was a teacher for a long time. She was my principal at Edwards middle actually. Wow. And, uh, you know, you're one of those people as well. Just like, just like Brenda, you've impacted thousands of kids in such a positive way. And, 
Um, so you're just, you're a really bright light in the community. So thank you for what you do. And we just wanted to take a minute to highlight your story and all that you're doing. So if there's anything we can do for you, you let us know. But uh, thanks again for coming on the spotlight. This thank great. you for inviting me. I've enjoyed it very much.